Hello, everyone. This is Adam Mauser of Mishmash Men, and with me I've got Dusty Labar. To your right. To your right, yeah. or to my right, rather. Uh, thank you all for, for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. We're excited to have you uh, in the audience again. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it, and uh, we've got a number of things. We just spoke to Abby, the intern, a little bit ago. And, Abby, the intern. <laughs> and she is uh, laying out a couple of things that she wants to start working on, including uh, drum roll. We're going to do a feature called Ask Adam and Dear Dusty. Dear Dusty. And uh, there'll be little promotionals, but some uh, so we can get some participation from you, the viewer. Also, please go to our Instagram. You can click our link tree. You'll see that these T-shirts are now for sale on charliemikeapparel.com. So that yeah. our link will take you, the link in our bio will take you directly to that website. And you can order 10, 50, 100 of the shirts if you'd like. Um, they're going to go quick. They will go the quick. Phones are already lighting up. I've got a yeah. phone call right here already. That's right. On line one. On line one. I have three lines. So That's right. I could take up to three phone calls at the same time. So you better hurry. Um, operators so yeah, are standing by. Operators. Oh, yeah, I miss those things. I miss those days. So what are we talking about today? Uh, so today is groupthink. Um, that's what I'm going to start. Before I start off, one more uh, shout oh, out. I, I, we had our, uh, our banner up here that we mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, the, uh, I wanted to shout out to Daryl. I'm not sure if he's a listener. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ping him and see if he is a listener. But Daryl uh, from Minuteman Press was uh, the, the gentleman that, that helped me get this together. He gave some good tips. Uh, so shout out to Minuteman Press and to Daryl there. Thanks, Daryl. All right, so like Dusty alluded, we're doing an episode on groupthink. Um, a lot of folks are familiar with it. It's not uncharted territory, uh, but just wanted to dig a little bit deeper on it and uh, talk about it. But I want to start off with uh, the parable. It's actually a, a paradox um, that a guy named Jerry Harvey, he was a business management guy, mm -hmm. consultant, and uh, a, you know, an expert, and he came up with this. He called it a paradox it's not necessarily always related to groupthink, but there's a lot of groupthink attributes right. that are shared with it. So the, the way it goes, and a lot of you have already heard of it, uh, but the way it goes is there's a family sitting in their town in Texas, and um, Abilene is a, the next largest city, and it's, you know, 50 miles away. Um, but they're sitting there on the front porch, no air conditioning back in the day, and um, there's like five or six of them. And somebody brings up the idea about driving to Abilene to get some dinner. No one in the group really wants to go to Abilene because it's hot. Mm -hmm. It's a long drive. Mm -hmm. uh, no air conditioning in the car. So nobody really wants to. But because of um, the kind of go along to get along uh, attitude, conformity, consensus, none of the individuals want to go. But as a group, because no one wants to dissent, they end up yeah. driving to Abilene. They don't know this. They get to Abilene. They have their dinner. They come back, and then they start talking and realize that nobody wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. It was just this event, and um, and so that's that's the, the, the kind of kickoff. I don't know. Have you heard of the, the, the parable? Yeah, it's not exactly like it's a little – it differs a little bit from groupthink, correct? It's not exactly the same thing. Right. Um, but, I mean, I think that the, the fact that it's a paradox, it makes sense. That does happen. You could, like, use examples in everyday life where oh, – yeah. I was just thinking as you said it. Like if, if you were in the car with four of your friends and you were like, we can go to Texas Roadhouse and you're like, I don't really want to go to Texas Roadhouse, but everybody's like, yeah, I guess we can go to Texas Roadhouse. Right. Then all of a sudden you have four people at Texas Roadhouse and nobody really wanted to go it, but because somebody suggested it, it was just like a throwaway suggestion. Yeah. But because everybody's like, oh, maybe everybody wants to go. 
but you just end up going even though none of you want to go. Yeah. That's like exactly what popped into my head. Cause that does happen from time to time. Somebody will make a suggestion and to kind of go along, everybody will just be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That'll work. Sure. Um, to not, to not upset the group basically. Right. And you see it in, you see it in a lot of, if there's more than one person, you got two people, you're, um, you are now eligible for groupthink. So that's all it takes. Two people, two, two, two yeah. people. Generally speaking, it's going to be more than that. Yeah. Uh, about deciding what's for dinner, about where to go for this, that, and the other thing. And, um, and so that's what the, our discussion's about. So that's a good kickoff. Um, there are some common types of groupthink. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to list through them. There's a lot of overlap in them, so I don't necessarily agree with the list. Uh, but they're good uh, starting points. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about these a little bit later. When I, we're, I'm going to give some examples, some famous examples of epic failures due to groupthink. Okay. Uh, so one of the things is illusion of invulnerability. So that group uh, thinks they're invulnerable. Now, they don't go about thinking, oh, well, we're invulnerable, step one, so whatever we decide. It's just they severely underestimate risk. Because they're part of a group? Because they're because they that, have- that group of, hey, you know, they look around the, the boardroom, let's say. Yeah. And they're looking around and making decisions. Um They've got to the point in their careers, let's say, uh, let's say they, they run a business or they're, they're managing a project. Uh, they're very sharp and, and, and smart people. They're very capable. They, right. they didn't get there by accident. Mm-hmm. Through, they got there through hard work. And so there's that uh, overestimating of confidence sometimes. Sure. And the underestimating risk. And uh, there's a lot of overlap. If you recall our confirmation bias discussion, mm-hmm. um, uh, not necessarily confirmation bias. That's a specific one. Um, but uh, the biases uh, of, of cognitive nature yeah. that we have. So cognitive bias. Um, there's a lot of overlap in what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Uh, another one is collective re- rationalization. So a, uh, the, the, the group will tend to downplay dissent. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll tend to downplay risks um, and rationalize the direction that the group wants to go. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, inherent morality. So there's a, a flavor of groupthink where uh, they think that they are the moral um, center of, of that organization mm-hmm. and the decisions that they make uh, are therefore going to be uh, moral and just. And they overlook ethical concerns because the ends justify the means. I think that, that one is probably something that's happened recently. Yeah. There's sure. a lot. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, stereotyping outsiders. So there might be some dissenting opinions or there might be, hey, this other group, they tried this, but eh, they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So you stereotype and pigeonhole those folks mm-hmm. as if they didn't try their very best to do whatever that right. that job is. Um, pressure for conformity. And that, um, that can sometimes get a little bit ugly. Um, that the... Uh, that the group will pressure very subtly most of the time. They'll subtly pressure folks to conform because, hey, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to be this this jerk that's always complaining at meetings or, or right. pointing out that, hey, this will never happen. Right. You need to be on the team. Right, right, right. Be part of the team. Be part of the team, because uh, we're a family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Self censorship. So. Self. Censorship. Censorship. So a lot of times um, you'll elect to not say something because you don't want to be that person that is dissenting. Yeah, you don't want to be rocking the boat. Right. Yeah. 
And last is mind guards, and that's outright uh, where you have, uh, you might even have a designated person. And, and I've been in a lot of organizations, and usually it's not a, there's not, okay, Adam, you're going to be the guy that, that browbeats anybody that doesn't conform. Right. Uh, that's not the case. But what it is is there is someone in the group that doesn't like, he doesn't brook any dissent. Mm-hmm. And so he naturally gravitates to be the person in the meeting. Like, okay, we, we've heard your song and dance safety guy before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're about getting stuff done. Sure. And that, you know, that other group, they didn't know what they're doing. Right. And so that mind guard will be the one that kind of pushes dissenting opinions he away. Of, he kind of squashes it. Not necessarily the leader. He just squashes it. Right. Correct. Yeah. A lot of times it isn't the leader. Most yeah. of the time it's, uh, you know, the uh, in, a, in a group dynamic, when you, in, let's say, a boardroom setting or a military setting, you have this chief of staff. Right. Um, who sets the table of the staff for the guy that's making the decision. Uh, and a lot of other organizations, it's called an executive officer or XO, most of the time a military organization, XO. But XO, chief of staff, kind of the same role. They're the kind of, they make sure everything runs smooth for that meeting yeah. before, so that the boss can make a decision. And a lot of times he can strong arm folks and he can be the mind guard unless he's done a good job beforehand to run all the traps of those decisions for that group gotcha. to where he can uh, properly estimate risk. Gotcha. So, all right. So those are some general types uh, that we could, you could probably go on, but the, there's a, as you can see, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. A- any, uh, any of those that strike a chord with you? I mean, they all, they all, um, they all strike a chord. Inherent morality stuck out. I think I mentioned, I even said something about that. Yeah. One. What do you it, think? Um, so like, I'll just use, uh, I don't, you know, I don't get too political or anything, but like when, when somebody really like, they're like, we're, we're the, we're making this decision in the, in the best interest of everybody. We're helping everybody. So don't go against us. This is going to help you. Yeah. And that's something that happened like really recently. And then, you know, if you were like, but what about, and they were like, no, you have to, we are, have your best interest in mind. Don't even question it. Maybe trust the science. Trust the science. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at at a roundabout way. Um, and that, I never thought about that side of the group think like the, which makes sense. But like, then you have those people that will agree with those people that are, then they jump on the bandwagon and they're like, you know, the, the, the normal everyday citizens. Now they're part of it. They're like, yeah, you have to listen to these guys. Right. And now everybody's cheering for the same thing. Um, but if you veil something under, um, I'm trying to save you. It's almost like you ha- like you gave yourself a pass. I only did it to try to save people, right? Which is a pretty, you know, uh, horrible way to like maybe disperse medicine to people or do anything like when you just you're like, just trust me, I'm just trying to save your life, right? How do you argue that? I mean, so th- it's interesting you ask that question because we've we've walked the dog. If you've if you've followed the podcast for some time and you've listened along, you might see a trend. Uh, you might notice a trend that 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 we're we're kind of going along. But if you remember the logical fallacies in the, in the discussion about critical thinking, the, the appeal to authority immediately comes to mind. Yeah. Where if I present myself as this authority figure and, and like, well, you you have to trust me because I am uh, the expert of this particular field. Right. And I'm only interested in your best interest and your safety. Right, right, right. And your children's safety. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I, it's too complicated for me to explain it to you. Yeah. But the problem with that is uh, appeal to authority is a fallacy. Yeah. Um, everyone deserves answers to questions that immediately affect their liberty yep. and their freedom. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. Uh, so you can make all the recommendations that you want. But when it comes to my individual liberty, I'm the one that makes those decisions. Yeah. And it does not matter 
what your pay grade is. Right. It does not matter what authority you think you have. But in this country, we the people hold that power. Uh, did you read Jocko's book? Um, oh, it's a leadership book. Extreme Ownership. I, I haven't read any of his books. I'm, I, 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 I haven't looked into him too much. Okay. I know he's a, a very... Uh, interesting character, but I haven't looked at, I haven't taken the time. So it's just, I mean, it's a lot of, it's talking about leadership and like the best leaders don't just say, do it, do what I said, because I said it, they explain to their subordinates or people underneath them in the, you know, if they're not, if they're not scientists and they don't understand, you explain it to them in a way that they can understand to, to, you don't just say, trust me, trust me. I know what I'm doing. Right. Because that doesn't really build trust with, it may be build trust with some people, but if you really believe in it, you shouldn't have an issue explaining it. So um, that's kind of rings true because like when I hear like so that's not a leader to me like don't be like just shut up and listen to what I say right because I said it that's not that doesn't even work with my brain that's a, I, explain it to me why it works this way or works or this thing works a certain way um, the other thing I don't have to stand the other thing that really um, jumped out was stereotyping outsiders like how many times in the past five years have you heard junk science. Oh yeah, probably a million times. Yeah. It happens all the time. Junk science and fake news. Fate, yeah, so like, like somebody being like, "Well, that's junk science." It's like, "Well, who? How did you determine that that's? Right. Did you vet it? Like, did you actually vet it? Or are you just saying it's junk science right. because it's because you don't want it to be true?" And then you know, you turn you know, fast forward two years, and all of a sudden that junk science isn't reality. Right. And now we're just being like, "Well." You know, put your hands up and be like, well, we did. We made we, the best we just, decisions we just, knew at the time. Yeah, we were just doing it for your best interest, for your best interest to so, their safety. Um, but that's something that I, I laugh about every time I hear it is like junk science. Now, there is some people that believe like believe or say things that may not be true, but they're provable. You can't just say that's junk science and then move on and not really address it. That's not really like defeating anything. Right. Because that's how science works. Like you have one opinion or one hypothesis, and, and you test it, and then there's another hypothesis, right. and and then like you know Isaac Newton thought a certain thing, and then you know other people, you know, it's just it's just the way that science is supposed to work. So. Right, it, it it is. It's a series of questions. It yeah. ends up being a series of questions, and right. they don't stop. Right, you can't stop. Right, right, yeah. Because once you figure, do you think you figured things out? You discover that all things are irrational. Like most things fall under this rational. A to B, B to C, C to D, on it downs, down to N. Well, right? who, who was the, I'm going to screw it up and I'm going to sound stupid. Who was the, the very famous astronomer that was like, the sun is the center of the galaxy and everybody was like, was that Copernicus? Yeah, Copernicus. Copernicus. And then Galileo had the competing yeah, thought. And, and they were like, he's like, it's the center of the universe. And everybody's like, you're an idiot. You yeah. don't even know what you're talking about. We're the center of the universe and everything rotates. But that's how science works. He was able, you know, people can prove a hypothesis. Right. And be like, he wasn't wrong. Um so it's, it's a, you know, it can track back that far. Like you have to have hypothesis and people say they can be wrong. People can be wrong. I think scientists have to be wrong. Yeah, right. That's how they figure it out. Yeah. And the, the whole idea of this and this theme that, that we're going down is uh, we even need to question ourselves. There are times and places perhaps where, um, where a decision needs to be made because time is of the essence. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the example you had about uh, the Jocko gave about the leadership mm -hmm. um, that leaders, the best leaders explain, this is why we're going to do this. Um, and that what that does is it builds trust. Yeah, exactly. And you encourage, um, you encourage discussion, you encourage dissent. Like, well, what about this? That's an assumption that, that might not be true. And a, a good leader has that confidence and, and what it is, it, it uh, is a measure of the amount of confidence you have as a leader to make those decisions if you're willing to accept those kinds of questions. Um, 
but that that trust gets built over a period of time right to the point where now when time is of the essence and if that leader is found worthy to yeah. be trusted to mm-hmm. be followed when he says let's we go now yeah we don't have time for yeah. this yeah and then then he can go now but uh in most cases uh you you can't constantly say you have to trust me because time is of the essence b- before people get burnt out they're like you know what everything you said has been false demonstrably false I, I heard somebody talk about this the other day and uh, it was an interesting thought just maybe this is tied into it but you know there were a lot of people on both sides of, of both sides of the line you know when they were like this we don't know like coronavirus we don't know how bad it is we're not sure but we need to do x yeah flatten the curve flatten the curve or we need to do you know and, so, and a lot of people were like okay well i can get on board with this for two weeks let's let's see what can happen and then when you come to find out that like it wasn't they weren't being you, you don't have trust in them they weren't doing what they were saying they were going to do it wasn't just two weeks now it was like as long as we want now we have to do all this other stuff right and somebody was bringing up the point that even those people that initially were like, yeah, we should, we should try to do, we should listen to what they're saying. They're, they're doing something that if something came along that was possibly worse than the coronavirus or way, way more deadly that people would be like, okay, we're going to lock down for two weeks that people would be like, get out of here with that. So you like, like you're saying, you've lost all your trust. Right. So people that did trust you now they don't. And you have this huge group of people that are like, nah, it didn't, that's not the way it worked last time because you've lost all your trust. So you don't have any bargaining with them. No. You can't even prove to them that you made the right decisions in the right. past. Um, which I thought I know I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's, I mean, what if something did come out and they were like, listen, we got to do this. And everybody's like, get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. Cause it, it, yeah. it's demonstrably yeah. incorrect. Yeah. It did not work. Yeah. Nothing yes. that they offered up worked. So, um, that was something interesting that I thought about. Cause you can literally, now you have a bunch of people on the other side. They're going to be like, we're not good luck. You're, you're going to have to bring all you got to stop, but yeah. we're not, we're not staying inside this time or, or whatever it may be. Right. You've lost all your trust, all your credit. Which is, it's a, it's been a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I would argue. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. All right. So a couple of, um, we, we don't have to go through all these, but some of them have been pretty interesting. Um, and, and most of you already, uh, the lead, the listener has have already heard a lot of these before, but, uh, uh, some epic failures due to potentially groupthink. Okay. Now disclaimer, there's, I'm not going to attri- uh, attribute rather uh, any motives to any of the failures because there could have been other factors in there. There could have been reasons that are not revealed to us um, that there was some sort of um, group conspiring to do some other thing. Okay. It's just the facts as we know them um, that just are readily available that there were things that happened. A decision was made and it was pretty obvious that eh, it was probably groupthink that, gotcha. that led down this gotcha. path. So no, no attribution of motives. That's a uh, fallacy, right? Okay. Um, Bay of Pigs invasion. Okay. Uh, famous uh, invasion. Uh, there was an attempt to invade Cuba and chase out the communist uh, Castro regime that had just overthrown uh, the the uh, government that they had in place. Um, it was made by a small group of advisors to President Kennedy. And they failed to consider alternative perspectives. They went and it just turned into a debacle. Okay. It was a mess. I don't know. How much do you know about Bay Pigs? I've heard it talked about. Now I feel bad because I've heard it talked about a million times. Like everybody's like, this is exactly like the Bay of Pigs. This is like the Bay of Pigs, whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. I don't know a lot about it. So can they, could you explain it a little bit more? Yeah. So um, Castro had just taken over. Right. Uh, and with the help of Che Guevara, that's another, uh, yeah, another topic yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They, they took over Cuba, and they had a lot of backing from the Soviets. Right. We, the U.S., under, way underestimated the response of okay. their military. We okay. didn't think that they were going to offer up much 
right. of a resistance, right. and that was the that was the um, the overest or underestimation of that risk, mm-hmm. and so they, um, with the help of uh, some Cuban nationals that had departed, mm-hmm. and now they came along with along with the CIA and some military groups, they came to invade. It just turned into a mess, and uh, a mess rather. And I think I can't, I'm not positive of this. I think it was the the bay. The Bay of Pigs, that's where they were inserting themselves. Yeah. And they just got massacred. Gotcha. And so just underestimating the response was the big thing. And those kinds of things, before you do a military operation like that, or a paramilitary operation in this case, um, one of the things is like, what's the enemy state? What's mm-hmm. their likely uh, course of action? Yeah. What, what are their three likely courses of action? What are the risks associated? With that? What's the likelihood of each one of those? Right. Um and what's our what's our biggest risk? What's the risk that we would stay up at night? And that's the kind of question you have to ask yourself when you're making decisions like that. Is I can have a bunch of data points and a bunch of courses of action, all that stuff, but really, like when you go to sleep at night, what are you? What keeps you up at night? Right. And those kinds of things should be discussed uh, in a meeting, not not in a sense of um, uh, you know just you know pearl clutching and. And feigning like, oh no, what you know, what's going to happen, I'm, I'm, and, and that sort of thing. But a legitimate concern about what you have, because that's usually that that's in your gut. Usually, that's the thing that you really have to concern your wealth. And, right. and uh, it, not everyone will agree with that. Right. Gotcha. Understood. So, uh, Bay of Pigs. Another one is the space shuttle Challenger. Um, that's a well document, well documented, because uh, that was a failure of NASA's their safety and their relationship with the decision makers. Okay. Um, go ahead. I didn't realize that this was a uh, an issue of groupthink. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. There's a friend of mine, Wayne. Uh, I won't say his last name. Uh, hopefully, he's listening. Um, <laughs> he is a a uh, aficionado of um, aviation disasters. Okay. And um, and he studied this. A lot. He's talked to me a lot about this this one. Um, and I remember this when I was a kid. I was 16 years old. 1986. I was actually homesick from school. Of course, I'm watching The Price Is Right. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's what you watch. That's what you watch when you're sick and yeah. you're a kid in the uh, you know the 80s anyway. And um, and of course, the space shuttle's launching, and we watch it go off. And that was the one with uh, the teacher Christine McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time they're going to put a non astronaut uh, right. up into space. And you know we're watching it take off. My dad works second shift, so he's at home too. We're watching it take off, and then you just see it. it it looked weird, and because the cameras are, are so distant, right? Uh, so, such a great distance, so it's, the resolution is not great. And this is the eighties, not LCD TVs, right, right, right. Uh, you know, CRT cathode ray tube TVs, yeah, tube TVs, yep. And um, so, anyway, uh, you, you eventually you see it blow up, and you see the the boosters. They're they're kind of going off, and uh, it was just horrific. Well, beforehand, there were these O rings. I'm going to make sure I get this right. Um, the um, Despite concerns about cold weather conditions, um, NASA engineers uh, expressed concerns about the O-rings, which were known to be vulnerable to low temperatures. So it got cold at night. Gotcha. And there was concern. The safety folks brought this up. And uh, due to pressure to launch, we've got to maintain our schedule. Gotcha. I'm sure you've heard that before. Maintain schedule. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Maintain cost, maintain schedule, because we've got to perform. And they were ignored. And those O-rings did cause a problem. And that's what led to the disaster. Golly, I didn't, I never, I never heard that. 
It's very interesting. There's a lot more details to that. I'm glossing sure. over a lot of stuff I'm and sure. stuff I just don't even understand. But sure. it was just um, really, just really sad. So they lost all seven members. Yeah. Uh, NASA did the good, the right thing, and and you know, okay, well, we need to look at our processes and make sure that we're not uh, we're not suffering from groupthink. Right. That's what it boils down to. Um, invasion of Iraq. Invasion of Iraq. 2003. Groupthink. So why did we go to Iraq? Well, originally. So, this is going to be so. Nine eleven happened, right? Correct, and then we invaded Afghanistan first. Yes, and then so this is I was young when this happened, but obviously, but so then we said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, right? And we had to go in um, to basically eliminate his chances of because they had like. They had said that there was some, they had found data or, some data or something that there was actual nuclear weapons or something in, in uh, Afghanistan or uh, in Iraq. In Iraq, yeah. And then we went in and proved to be incorrect. There were yeah, no, there were weapons, no weapons, weapons of mass, mass destruction. destruction. But the concern was, yeah, that, that he had them and then he would share them with terrorist organizations. Right. You feel like they, they tied that all together, correct? Like like 9-11 happened, we invaded Afghanistan, and then also we invaded Iraq. Like, yeah, to like two years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was because of the... WMDs. Right, right. And, you know, that's attributed to groupthink. Again, I'm not going to attribute motives of why that ended up being, but the bottom line is, without a doubt, you had folks that said, there are weapons of mass destruction here. Right. There had to be. Right. There had to be somebody that said, yeah, I don't think there are because the, the data aren't clear enough. Right, right, right. Um, and it's not, uh, I don't have a whole a high degree of confidence in and the data that we do see. Right. Um, and a lot of these decisions, they are hard to make. Sure. It's not like there's like, oh, well, we have this piece of paper and there's a list of all the WMDs that Saddam Hussein has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's clear to everybody that, you know, where'd you get this? Well, it was, he wrote it in his own hand. I yeah. have the following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, information for, that's gathered through human interaction. Right. Um, data from maybe a scientist that might have escaped. Um, it's, you know, hearsay, it's innuendo, it's like pictures of like, well, they could be, right, right, you know, right. trucks going in and out of a hospital that wouldn't normally go in and out of a right. hospital. So all that stuff put together, then you, with some amount of confidence, you say, well, they have to be right. weapons of mass destruction. He's got uranium. He's got, right. uh, you know, he's got the, the, yeah. all the things that yeah. you would need. So, uh, so at any rate, but attributed to group. Yeah. Uh, financial crisis of 2008. Um, so this was, I don't know how much you remember that. Um, well, they were giving out loans to pretty much anybody at that point. Yes. For houses and, and people that couldn't afford. Yeah. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they were, they were, they were giving loans to folks that were credit risks. Right. A lot of people with credit risks. Right. And then those, those loans, um, you know, a mortgage, if I go get a mortgage, it depends on the type of lender I go to. That mortgage to is I, I like going to one bank and they don't sell it. Right. Uh, but if I go through um, and then they keep it and I pay them. Right. And then at some point I you know I'm off the hook. Right. I paid it off. Right. With interest, lots yeah, of interest. lots of interest. So, but some what what they did in the past because those those were high risk items, mm -hmm. high risk loans. Um, they were taking those. The mortgage for your house, my house, and a bunch of other people's houses, let's say, that were high risk, mm -hmm. and they would chop them up okay, and distribute them out and package them and 
the the financial industry was was accumulating those mm-hmm. and eventually you know because they were high risk not everybody made their payments they right. defaulted on their loans well now this stuff is like uh infected the financial system right right and underestimating that risk there i'm sure there were people that were brooking dissent yeah and uh hey, sure here is, we are this is probably not a good idea we yeah. shouldn't be doing this yeah and now it makes it very difficult to get a loan to buy a house yes yeah you have to you have to jump through a lot of hoops. To There's a lot more paperwork. Yes, a lot more paperwork. A lot more paperwork. Yeah. That which everyone loves all the paperwork you have to do. That yeah. everyone reads very carefully. Yeah, that's right. Where you start signing and making your putting your initials down. Yep. Um, I, 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 in my research, I thought, well, you know, what about the Spanish Armada? Was that, was that a, a thing a groupthink? That wasn't necessarily groupthink. Yeah. Um, because if you remember the Spanish Armada, they were this huge, um, Spanish fleet right. of ships that went to go try to ta- attack England. Right. And interesting thing, uh, they, they underestimated, uh, this isn't groupthink, but it's just still interesting. They just underestimated uh, the British fleet, the resolve of the British sailor. Right. Um, and what the Brits had were these fire ships, and it just completely yeah. just wrecked the Spanish Armada. I mean, this is not the same because I don't think it's groupthink if you live under a, f- a fascist regime. But, like, I mean, it's pretty clear that Russia underestimated Ukraine. Right. Um, perhaps. I mean, because in 20, was it 2014, they took Crimea in like a day Uh, and they just laid down. Yeah. No. I don't know. I'm not convinced that what we're seeing in the news is entirely accurate about what's going on in Ukraine. I gotcha. Well, I don't think you can be either, but it's, I think, I think for sure it's going on longer than people thought. It is going on pretty long. Right. Um, but I'm not sure what their ultimate goals will. And that's the neat thing about history um, it'll, it takes a while to sift out. Yeah. Uh, and once all the details come out, then like, oh, okay, well maybe, uh, maybe they didn't overestimate. Um, maybe they did. Maybe they thought it was just going to be this 30 days in and out. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. not sure. But, yeah. but, uh, but I think I will say that it's too soon to tell. Sidebar. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no keep, keep on. No worries. Uh, the last, um, group think estimate, or I'm sorry, group think example is Jonestown. And I know you guys talked about in the other the podcast. Jonestown, the Jonestown Massacre. The Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. That is like, that's the quintessential group think. That has all the dynamics. That has some other dynamics mm-hmm. um, when we talked about the mind guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you look at a group, um, they're obviously, in order to be a, so, so quick history, not everybody knows this. So what happened, there was about 900 people that were part of this cult uh, that Jones fashioned, um, Jim Jones, um, that he fashioned, and he formed this group of people as a, um, a religious organization. That started in America. Started in America. Right. And then eventually they went to, was it Guyana? Oh, was it, was it, oh, was it there? I thought it was South America. I might, I might be stupid. Yeah, it was Guyana. Okay. Yep. And so... Um, they basically set up a town there. They set yeah, up a town, yeah. Jonestown. Yeah, Jonestown. And in 1978, they, they, they were there. And uh, 900 people died in a, a mass murder-suicide yep. um, event. And so how did they get there? It's not like Jim Jones starts on day one of creating his cult of like, hey, do you want to you know, join my cult? Right, right, you right. sign this piece of paper yeah. here. You're going to turn over all, all your possessions. Right. And uh, we're going to move to this Jonestown, and we're going to be ostracized. Right. Of course, he's not going to do that. Right. We don't know what his motives were, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But how did how did that many people 
get to the point where you're drinking, um, we call it drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, that's where that idiom comes from yeah, because that's how they, yeah, they had uh, drinks uh, that I think it looked like grape Kool-Aid or whatever. Yeah. But it was, uh, that's, everybody drank this stuff. Either that or they were getting shot. Yeah, they were, and they were even like, they had the parents, like, they were like on the loudspeaker, like, give your kids the drink first yeah. and then you drink it after that right. so that they could literally, like, he had that much control over them. that They right. were like, feed it to your kids first so that, and then you can go ahead and drink it yourself. So how do you get to that point? Yeah. The culture is an interesting thing because I think you're taking, it's an interesting thought because I think you're taking people that are specifically looking for something. And, and this guy's like, you know, whatever that may be, a father figure or somebody that like, it's a, you know, whatever it may be. They're not like very sure. They're looking for something specific to like help them. And that the first time this person helps him, he's like, oh, this is the guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're telling your friends and not every people obviously left, which is one of the reasons why that that senator or congressman flew in. Yeah, there was a congressman that got shot. Yeah. Well, they they got off the plane and they were like, you this guy, if this guy leaves with any information, it's going to be a problem because he's seen the dirty. Yeah. So um, but that's the whole reason it ended because they shot that guy and they were like, oh, we're in trouble now. Yeah. It's all going to be over. It just escalated. Yeah. So but it's one of those things where you know, you get into this group and then you think this guy is like, is like the all knowing or all powerful or whatever he right. may be to you. And, um, but a lot of times you, if you listen to like some people that have been in cults, they were looking for something, they were searching for something. And then right. somebody's able to like, kind of group these people together. And then they're like, I mean, you hear some of these people from cults in general, not even the Jonestown cult, but they're like totally sold in. Like you hear yeah. them talking, you're like, what are you even talking about? Right. And, um, and then they're all banded together. And then if you, they're, you know, some cults would be like, you have to never talk to your family again. They're like, yeah, of course. Why would yeah. I not do that? A hundred percent. And then they're, and then they're shaming other people that haven't done that yet. So now they're, you're in the cult, but you're still talking to your family. Well, now we got to shame you until you do what we say, because we all have to do it this way. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say like weak minded people. That's not what I'm trying yeah, to say. It's, but, it's not. But, but I think it's somebody, a lot of times you hear these people's backstories, like they were specifically looking, they, you know, had a bad experience or life or were sad or depressed or, or something. And then they were able to find somebody that gave them a little bit of, uh, um, purpose to live or reason to live. And then, uh, they're able to kind of, you know, you get people so motivated and then you have these basically salesmen selling the cult to other people. So right. not even the, not even the leader anymore. You have your disciples that are now selling it. To yeah. The mind guards yeah, maybe. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's not dissimilar to what happened in Nazi Germany. Yeah. So you had uh, this charismatic leader right. that um, that he had buy-in. Mm-hmm. And whether we're talking about Jim Jones or Adolf Hitler, they're kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah, And they, they have enough following of true believers now that can, like, they can be the heavy. Right. They can come in. They're the mind guards. Right. They're going to make sure that people are now conforming. And you can't brook any dissent. Right. You cannot do it uh, because that would be questioning and, you know, you're interested in our, we're interested in our survival as a group or right. our survival uh, and, and your safety. Right. Because the government's coming and they're going to, in the Jim Jones case, this guy has all the dirt on us. So we got to, we got to make sure that yeah. we protect ourselves because we have this goal. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of times it's, it's couched in some form of morality. Yep. And, and you're right. It's not necessarily weak minded people. I mean, it can be, but that's not the, the hallmark of it. It's, if you've got buy-in and people make decisions, we all do this based off of an emotional decision. No matter how much we say, well, I'm more data-centric. Um, yeah, but data are accurate. That's mm-hmm. true. 
Um, and not all, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, you can make decisions based purely off of data, but there's also a certain subjectivity of which data that are good enough to make your decision off of. Right, right, right. So there is a, an amount of expertise. So we can all fall prey to that. And that's why I always encourage folks, check your priors, check your prior assumptions. Is that, is that, where did you get that information? Right. Uh, and I ask myself this constantly, especially the last couple of years, especially the last couple of years, because there are a lot of decisions that were made and a lot of information coming at us about things that we had to do for our own safety and our own children's safety. And uh, I was asking myself, am I making the right decision ultimately? And I'm not going to go into details of that today, but ultimately, am I falling prey to groupthink? Right. And, um, and so anyway, so, and that brings it to the last thing, the last uh, 10 minutes or so um, to, uh, have you ever heard of a guy named um, Dr. Matthias Desmond? No. So Dr. Matthias Desmond, he's a, 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 research psychologist based out of Belgium. And he, uh, he's not the guy that came up with this term, but he, uh, he's getting a lot of cachet now. Okay. And he describes something called mass formation. It's also called mass formation psychosis. So we're going to look at it through the lens of what happened in Jonestown. Cause that's very easy. It's very concentrated about what happened. There. Yeah. Cause it was a very punctuated, very acute instance of what happened. Mass formation. Uh, so mass formation, it refers to a psychological state of individuals when they collectively form a shared identity or belief system, often driven by a shared narrative or ideology. Mm-hmm. So those people in Jonestown, they were true believers of whatever Jim Jones was saying. And I don't know what he was saying. There's probably a lot of uh, religious aspects to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he probably used, borrowed a lot of components of popular religions and, and, and the true Christian religion. He probably borrowed a lot of stuff and then modified a number of other things um, because uh, it needed to suit his needs right. to do what he needed to do. Um, and then, um, so there's an emotional feeling component of that. Mm-hmm. And um, it involves individuals experiencing a deep emotional void or dissatisfaction that makes them susceptible to adopting a collective identity. So you have to have this emotional void that this group is now going to fill. And this individual, a lot of times... It's an individual uh, that is now going to fill that void. Right. Um, symbolic belief system. So there's, uh, you know, through symbology, there's explanations of the goings-on, of the things that, uh, th- these are the things that we need to suit uh, to, to achieve our goals or to achieve the goal of our fearless leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's all based off of like a symbology type thing because you want people to grasp it easily can't yeah. be complicated. Yeah. Um, there's a stage called emotional intensification where there's this urgency. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. That's probably how he got them out of the U.S. I think they were based in, what, Florida? Yeah, I think it was Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure now. but. And then they found uh, that spot in Guyana that mm-hmm. they, could, um, they could travel to. Well, how do you get that many people? I don't know if they had, if they departed with 900. Or yeah. They had like 1,000. People just kind of showed up. Yeah. They were. So, like, how do you get that many people, just under 1,000, how do you get that many people to move out of the U.S. into Guyana? I think a lot of occult leaders do a good job of giving an existential threat to these people. So, like, these people are going to try to, they don't, they, you know, they want to stop us from believing or doing whatever we're doing, which is the righteous thing to do. Right. And so, like, and I know when they shot that congressman, they're like, look, do you see? Do you yeah. see they're sending the government here to try to stop us? To get us. us. To try to get us. Do you see? And um, so it's a lot easier, like, 
you're following somebody, but he's also just posed an existential threat to your beliefs. He's also like, they're also trying to stop us right now actively. Right. So we have to get out of here. So everybody's probably like, oh, well, we have to go yeah. immediately. There's that sense of urgency. Yeah. Um, confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of the attributes of, of uh, mass formation or mass formation psychosis. We talked about that last week. Suppression of dissent. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about this week. Uh, amplification of fear. So this is exactly what you were talking about. Hey, the congressman's here. Yeah, they are. They are going to send troops if he gets back with this information. We have to take action and get rid of him. He can't. Right. And and you know, like if that guy would have came back, yeah, it there would have been soldiers sent down. There, yeah, for sure. Like 100%, immediately. Yeah. Um, and then you have influential leaders. So you not only have Jim Jones, but there's probably a cadre of folks, his trusted advisors. Yep. That, um, that he got to uh, be his mind guards uh, and they were the ones kind of shepherding any dissent and they were the heavies because 900 people, one guy cannot yeah. like actively go around and shoo people away from bad ideas or ideas that are not his. Um, and so you have to have this cadre of folks and it has to be, it's almost like a pyramid scheme Yeah, of the, there's one guy that really knows what he's doing kind of. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of other folks that are true believers and they're promised uh, glory on the other side of whatever it is yeah. that they're trying to get to. If you listen to any documentaries on Scientology, they do a very good job of that. Yes, they, they do. They do a very good job of exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Now they're probably going to be after us. Well, that's okay. I'll take them on. They all seem like a bunch of wussies. So um, so mass formation, that's an interesting uh, study. And if you don't, uh, if you've never heard of um, Matthias Desmond, research him. I'm going to look uh, up. He's got a lot of good information. It, what, he, what he did was he studied a lot of these, uh, these cults. Uh, he studied Nazi Germany because he had his own mind. Like, how did they get to this point? Right. Um, a lot of folks think that, um, that the, um, you know, it was just the soldiers and that were, um, you know, like the SS or whatever and Adolf Hitler that right. were attacking the Jews. Right. It was the nation of Germany. Right, right, right. And there's a, a very telling photo of little boys throwing rocks and an adult woman chasing her down the street. And, and you can see this woman in fear just running because these little boys are 14 and 15 throwing rocks. How do you get to the point where the culture is like they're, they're ostracizing and actually trying to cause physical harm to a person just because they don't like her? Right. Um, how do you do that? Well, it's through mass formation. Yeah, that's right. That's how you do that. And um, there is a lot of study on it. He's got he's kind of encapsulated a lot of it, and he's yeah. an interesting guy. I'm going to be reading much more from him. Uh, if you, are you familiar with? Um, uh, now now the the name escapes me, but there's a uh, I'll I'll post it on um, as part of this. I'll get Abby the intern. Okay, perfect. Uh, to do this, but there's a uh, it's a uh, where papers and that sort of thing can get published and where anybody can read them. Yeah. And you don't have to rely on peer reviews and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also don't have to rely on the media to spread it because the media has been found to be no. uh, at least suspect yeah. on what they tell us. Sure. Um, so I hate to, I hate to like inform this group here that I don't trust the media, but yeah. I don't. That's why we're here at the podcast. Yeah, that, we're the new media. <laughs> we are the new media. So, um, so anyway, I don't know. What would you think of, uh, of group think? It's interesting. I mean, it's very interesting because you can see it happen a lot throughout history even like you're talking about nazi germany as people look back and be like that could never happen again that is crazy but like hitler tied it around like also something that's you know rings home to us is like national pride yeah he was like we need to rise up and like restore germany to its former glory and so all of a sudden you have all these like these patriots basically are like yeah we need to do what this guy says he gets it so 
um, you know, that's an interesting thought when people say like stuff like that can't happen again. It's like it happens maybe not to that scale right now. Um, but I mean, people get, people fall into that trap all the time. Yeah. How could you get to the point where individuals are now ratting out their neighbors yeah. about what it is that they're doing? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. And, and I think we've seen it. Yeah, for sure. We have seen it. Yeah. Maybe not to that degree. Yeah. We're putting people in concentration camps, although that was tried in New Zealand and Australia. Yep. Um, over COVID. Yeah. They, they've failed on that one. And, <laughs> and for sure we've seen it attempted and, be watchful of that. That's yeah. all I'm going to ask is do your research, your own research. Don't rely on what the man on the TV says yeah. and uh, do your own research and, and always be guarded and check your priors. Yeah. And it's okay to go against the group. Sometimes you have to, you have to, uh, if you don't think it's true, you have to, this might come as a shock, but I kind of fall into that category of the guy that's always suspicious of yeah. a group. Well, if I there's mean, a group and everyone's like, yeah, we're going to go do this. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, automatically. Yeah. I, I don't like that idea automatically because yeah. there's a group doing yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. You're yeah. like, we just want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. You're like, I don't think so. There's a thousand other places besides Chuck E. Cheese. If you if you look at my weird life yeah. and my life decisions that yeah. are very obvious, it's like, okay, this guy thinks different. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's the opposite. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed that, Dusty. Very fun. Thank that you. Good discussion. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed doing a little more research on it. It's a it's a topic that I've enjoyed just uh, studying and just uh, informally. Uh, I'm no expert, but uh, but I can read just like the rest of you. So That's I encourage good. you to do it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and we would enjoy that feedback from you about uh, what you thought a group think. Yep. So don't forget about our t-shirts. Go on to our Instagram. Buy our t-shirts, please. Shame your relatives that don't have a t-shirt. Yeah, or only buy our shirts for Christmas this year and give them out as presents. That's fine as well. Just ignore the whole groupthink aspect that we talked about and everybody get yeah, a t-shirt. Everybody needs to do it. Listen, yeah. to, listen to what we're saying. Because we're going to buy some land yeah. in Guyana. And we're doing it for your benefit. Yes, for your safety. Yeah, for your safety, for your well-being. That's, that's right. why we're doing it. So, 100%. Yeah, that's a good way to tie it in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, we will see you all next week. See you guys next week. All all right. Bye. Bye.